fed up with the current state of wrestling? Our hosts discuss things from the wrestling archives and enter the ring for WrestleShock. Now, join Alan Price and Chris Vint for their commentary. Hello and welcome to episode 17, isn't that right? 17. Yes, 17, of WrestleShock. Not reviews or anything like that, just WrestleShock. And it's going to be me just talking. Uh, oh, hello. Who are you? Why, why, why yourself? Why myself? What? Yes, why just yourself? Why are you just going to be talking oh, about it? Oh, Am see, I just here to look pretty? No, it's just, well, <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, no, because mainly that's what I do in WrestleShock, is the fact that I would talk... You know, like wrestling shock reviews. It was just that's a one man bandwagon, and then you're here now, and then I've got like what? So I, what am I going to be Drew McIntyre to your Heath Slater here or something like that? Well, you got injured bad by <laughs> Ryback, Ryback and Mark and Henry. Yeah. It's Alan Price, by the way, everybody. If you're not realizing it, I think you should by now. Yes. So WrestleMania season is fast approaching. You know, like we've got less. I think it's three weeks today at the time of recording. Three weeks. To the day, to the event itself. Yes. So, yes, the event is WrestleMania 29. Ooh, and ooh, ooh. We're, we're going to talk about a certain individual who has had some stellar matches at WrestleMania. And, yes, that's Goldust. No, we're going to... Th- <laughs> no, don't. No. Goldust. Yes, probably will hardly have picked that up, but hey. <laughs> see, that's why I normally do things by myself. Yes, but we're going to talk about The Undertaker from his very first match to his very latest match, obviously, and then we're basically going to talk about his match with CM Punk that he has at WrestleMania 29. You will hear uh, WrestleShock reviews to do with like the WrestleMania card, which we'll just briefly talk about that, the uh, Punk Taker match. So, we'll start off with, with, with WrestleMania 7, which was obviously The Undertaker's debut. Um, at Wrestlemania wherever he went against the the phenom that they called him was Jimmy Superfly Snooker <sighs> you love a Superfly Snooker I don't know what it is Superfly I don't know what it is 30 feet high I don't know what it is I don't have anything personal against Jimmy Superfly Snooker but it's just that clip for some odd reason just annoys the hell out of me <laughs> I, re- I really don't I I don't even not get it but it's just every time it comes on the TV I'm like ugh I don't understand why that is I don't either I don't know either I don't know maybe it's because I'm a Roddy Piper fan and he get you know he gets the coconut smashed over his head maybe I'm just being overly loyal in my subconscious you might be I don't know but yeah this was obviously his first match um Obviously, as The Undertaker goes through these WrestleManias, you'll see that um, he becomes, how should I put this, more talented? Yes. Whereas this, is, this match was only like five minutes long or something. Yeah, it was a case of, you know, like he mainly chokehold. Um, he does like his whip into the rope and then do his big clothesline in the air, that kind of thing. And obviously, um, spoiler alert, defeats Jimmy Superfly Snooker with, really? with a tombstone pal driver. I want to know, and obviously, um, you know, he has Paul Bearer in his corner, who sadly is no longer with us. Um, but it'd be interesting to see. We'll get on that later on. But obviously, through his WrestleMania matches, um, Paul Bearer is a real big fixture um, with the Undertaker. He's almost as port- as important as the Undertaker himself, most definitely. Um, especially with the urn and the stuff like that, like which we'll talk about in the next match. 
um, which was his second match and his opponent's last match in the WWF at oh. the time, which was Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, this was the first time that I'd actually seen The Undertaker. Um, oh, yeah, because this was your mania. Yeah, this was my very first WrestleMania. Um, so, you know, seeing the promo of Jake Roberts. And I was about to say, do you think that feeds into the fact that you're a big Roberts fan? Was it because of this sort of time? Probably because because his promos just grabbed me. You know, like whenever he's down there and he's saying like about, um, you see, it's like stuff to do with um, stuff to do with Savage. Yeah, it was stuff to do with Savage. That Undertaker was going to nail him with the chair, and Roberts gets the chair off him. No, Roberts was going to hit Savage, and then Undertaker takes the chair off him, and then. Roberts is like, whose side are you are you on? Undertaker's not yours. <laughs> um, like Roberts is saying about you know, he traps him in the he traps his fingers in the coffin mm. and DDT's bearer, and then he says, "Now look at it. I've replayed this over my mind a million times." And then he hits him with the chair and goes, "Boom! Fun for me, none for you." Like he says then. The DDT is where it lies, big man. So what are you going to do whenever I hook it? And pin you, and then he says, "Like trust me." But John Mooney kind of moves the microphone away, so you kind of just hear, oh. and it's just like, "Okay, right." Well, but yeah, I just Jake Roberts for me was just fantastic in and out of the ring, and it's good to see that he has got his life back on track. And Most definitely, I'm yeah. looking really forward to meeting him at WrestleMania or WrestleCon. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I suppose the big thing in this match as well is the fact that Undertaker uh, kicked out of the DDT, wasn't it? Not once, but twice. Yes, yeah, and I think he gave Jake a tombstone on the outside, which had never been done. On the concrete. On the concrete, yeah. Um, but that's a big deal, not only for someone to kick out of one DDT at this time, but to kick out of two. Yeah, almost as, as if, it's almost as big as when well, we almost, get the... It's almost as big... When are we get to the key in yeah, match? Almost as big back then to what it's like if someone kicks out of the tombstone now. Yeah. It's basically, if you get hit by a tombstone, you're not expected to kick out on the left. You're expecting it now at a WrestleMania match because it's his one and only match yeah. of the year, but in terms of when he was being regular matches, it was like Tombstone, he's out, he's yeah, gone. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Now here comes a very good match. Oh, God, no. <laughs> this is the only match that he has that he didn't actually win via pinfall. Because this, w- I remember watching this, oh, my God, this is one of his... Unfortunately, The Undertaker has had some great matches, like the first, well, like WrestleMania 8 and some other upcoming ones, but he's had some stinkers, and this is this is probably his second worst match, I would say. You would almost describe this as sort of um, him versus the Great Kali of the era? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I remember seeing this guy, and just like his outfit and stuff just made him look ridiculous. And uh, Jan Gonzalez, if you're not aware, everybody WrestleMania yeah. nine, and uh, just him having the having the chloroform, and then bringing him. I remember Undertaker coming out on like a, like a stretcher. No, no, no. Just whenever he was coming out, and he had like the um, the bird beside him, like the um, yes, the, the crow bird, yeah. Yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and uh, he was coming down the ring, and then yeah, he had a match then. He was uh, chloroform, got stretched backstage, and then you see him coming back and you know just beating up Giant Gonzalez. But uh, from what I remember, WrestleMania now was just an awful pay per view. So it was I can't really remember many good matches about that because obviously that's the one wherever Bret loses Yoko and then Hogan beats Yoko, yeah. you know, and 
that's just a bit and, weird. Uh, more ammo to make bread an unhappy man. Well, it doesn't <laughs> take much ammo, so it doesn't. What have you rated the match? What his match or this match? Either or. <laughs> I rate his Undertaker's match about a two out of ten, and that's Oof. been. That's You're been even more critical than Bret Hart. No, that's of the Undertaker John <laughs> uh, Gonzalez. Oh, that's match. what I'm saying. You're an even harder critic. Well, here I'll at least give the the match that he gave him four out of ten a lot of a higher mark. Mark, oh, to be honest yeah. with you. Well, the next match on the list we kind of skip here because um, we go from WrestleMania nine to WrestleMania eleven, and we have Undertaker versus King Kong Bundy. Who, if memory serves, was he not? A rumor for this year's Hall of Fame, but it yeah. hasn't been announced. It's like he's acknowledged it on Twitter, apparently. I have no idea and that he acknowledged it on Twitter. I have a funny feeling. I think I remember Haley saying something about it. He mentioned it on Twitter, yet it still hasn't been shown on WWE TV. And again, apparently they were meant to reveal another one on last week's Raw, but that didn't happen. So, well, unless we get like a double bumper, they need to get their act together because be we honest. only have two Raws. Yeah, and we've really? got five people. Like seriously, come on! Yeah, because this is well. Uh, you normally have about seven or eight people. Yeah, you know, give us a few more here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether we're going. I don't know whether we're going to have a tag team or whether we're going to have a faction. If they do put demolition in, sorry, we're going off a tangent here, like we normally do. If they put demolition in. I can't mm. see it just being axe and smash, but I think they'll put an axe, smash, and crush. Mm. Um, I think they could probably do it that way. Yeah. Um, or whether we have something else like, um, well, we, all, we already have the Hart family in. There's no point putting Evolution in DX yet. As a whole, I mean, Sean would be a two-time entry and Triple H is first in. And then Triple H would probably become a two-time eventually when he's inducted himself. <sighs> yeah, because the only thing would be is that, well, obviously they couldn't get Hogan would be like the end. Do you know what, the sad, you know what the sad thing is? I can, I can actually see it going that direction kind of with DX going into the him. Not... That I wouldn't want DX as an entity to go into the Hall of Fame because don't get me wrong, they were a huge part of the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. totally deserved. But there's one thing that is seeing it go this way is the fact that right, X Pac has now got Legends a Legends contract. contract. That, that's a joke in itself. Yeah, Billy Gunn is a trainer down in FCW now. Mm-hmm. Road Dog is a backstage agent. Sean is retired, so he's free to appear with WWE whenever they want mm-hmm. and Triple H is Triple Plus H Shawn Michaels is at Access as well exactly and so, so is Triple H well. everybody is either free to do as they wish or under contract with WWE do you think this is on, you know, just happening by chance I don't think so I wouldn't be surprised if we see DX inducted either this year or next year which I wouldn't mind it. You would wonder who you... But yeah. it's just thinking x Pack is, is a Hall of Famer. Ugh. Well, Coco <laughs> Beware is a Hall of Famer, to be honest, and he didn't really have the best of careers. Um, but you'd wonder who would induct DX. So you would? It would be an interesting one, Vince. No, I think Vince... I think at, at Vince inducting Austin was probably as much as you would get. Mm. Or Vince inducting Triple... Well, I don't think he would induct Triple H like Michaels would. Mm. Um, I think the only person you would see um, Vince induct would be the likes of Stephanie or something. Mm, you would th- Vince would only come out for something really, really big. Yeah. You would think. But, um, hey, we'll leave that one out there. Uh, if, you th- if you think of anybody that you think would be suitable to induct DX... 
uh, drop us a message on Twitter at Dusty Roads. Oh no, don't don't. That's uh, oh, Dusty Roads always gets a token inductee uh, to do at WrestleMania. I wonder. Um, it would be interesting to hear him talk about DX, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the way he would describe the degeneration uh, of the WWE. If sure, you that's, that's the main reason I watch NXT is for Dusty. Really, Dusty and Page. Main reason I watch uh, NXT. Not Regal. Well, yeah, Regal's commentary is decent enough. Mm. Um, but yeah, NXT hasn't gripped me as much as it used to, but. Uh, that's enough of our tangent, I think. We'll, yeah. we'll move back online from here. So yes, Undertaker versus King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania 11. Well, it's again, it's two big guys. Mm. So it is, and King Kong Bundy was fairly getting on by this stage. He'd left the WWE yeah. for quite some time, yeah. so he had. Because I don't remember him being, he was, certainly wasn't at 9, he wasn't at 8, mm. or 7. 6 or 5 might have been his last. Mm-hmm. Because this all stemmed from uh, Ted DiBiase stealing The Undertaker's urn. Yeah, oh, was that whenever like Cam or whatever melted it down? It was like a, it was like a chain. Mm. So awful. God, I don't really remember much about this match. To uh, be it's it's basically. I think it's one he, that he beats him with the flying clothesline. All right. Well, I don't expect him to get him up in the third tombstone. Like to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really don't remember much about that one. Um, so basically, it's a case of he beats him with the flank clothes and then he beats up the co- million dollar corporation afterwards, effectively. Oh, fair it's nothing, nothing overly exciting. It's just a case of give me my earn back sort of thing. <laughs> um, which is kind of interesting in terms of feeding into where the storyline's sitting at the minute. Um, we will mention it a bit more when we get later on, but which has it's kind of there's something that has me slightly worried for this week's Raw in the sense that uh, CM Punk has been using the urn at house shows because we saw him leave Raw with the urn and he's been using it at house shows like Paul Heyman's been holding it up like Paul Bearer and you know CM Punk's been down doing the pose so uh, we thought that this week's past Raw was tasteful enoughly done I think this Raw we could go over the edge a wee bit Wonderful. But uh, anyway, uh, next WrestleMania, WrestleMania 12, which was Undertaker versus Big Daddy Diesel. Isn't this where he beats him for the belt? Or is it, or is it said, he beats, said he beats for the belt, sorry? No, wasn't it they had interfered with each other going after the title, didn't they? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Um, See, some of these WrestleManias are just not it's, that it's, great It's a watch. case of, it's at this stage, it's a lot of Undertaker versus big guys. Yeah. And, then, and then Undertaker actually, stills early on yeah. in terms of his development. Um, but when it comes to, it's another one that isn't overly memorable for me because it is just two guys slogging it out. If memory serves, I think Diesel hits him with like two jackknives. Mm-hmm. Again, a wee bit like Jake the Snake sort of thing. You yeah. know, doesn't go down after the you know finisher and stuff. But I think then it was what was it? Just I think it was pile driver again and beat Nash. Fair Nash nice. Diesel. <laughs> Diesel. Sorry. You give it to him. You give it to Nash. You give it to Hogan. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. WrestleMania thirteen. Psycho said. Oh God! I think this is where he. he yeah, I think this is where he beats him for the belt. So it is. Um, but it yeah. is, yes, it is. Psycho Sid, another one who... This is only 
if memory serves, this is only Psycho Sid's second WrestleMania appearance. Mm. This is WrestleMania 8 versus Hogan. Yeah. And I don't think it was at 9 or 10. I think this is only his second appearance, so he must have like gone for a while, but then... Well, did he wreck his leg? That was in WCW. Was it WCW? So whether, yeah, whether it was a case of he was gone there and then came back, I can't remember. I didn't really... It's the only, only thing that in my head that would make me think that he'd went there because he was out for so long because again I'm not a big Psycho Sid person or anything I so I, I don't, don't really look into his history I don't think there is many people who are <laughs> to be honest with you sorry um, sorry, one person out there yeah but uh, again it's it's you know it's near enough a carbon copy of the the year before with him against Nash and it's a case of you know they're both big guys so um, I think you know I think those two were probably Ones that I don't really have watched that much, whereas the next one would probably be one that you know, yeah. like a certain friend of ours would have been. Yeah, you know, I know, I know that from what I think it was in a book that was, um, you know, WWE superstars' favorite matches, and this is Kane's favorite match. It was Kane versus Undertaker for WrestleMania fourteen. Yeah, um, we have to we have to be careful what we say now. Well, this is obviously where for. Undertaker has to hit Kane with three tombstones in order to put him away. Mm. You know, and obviously Kane is the Undertaker's brother, so um, we have all that going on. We've seen and the fact that it was the whole Paul Bearer turning on Undertaker. Yeah, thing. we've obviously seen you know him debut at Black, Bad Blood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that and Undertaker not wanting to fight Kane, but eventually he does. Yeah, well, things fairly change. Yeah, history, exactly. Um, but. Um, this is probably one of his. This is probably one of Kane's better, better matches as well. You know, I'm not saying that Kane is because it wasn't like Kane was. You couldn't call Kane a rookie at this point because he'd been through a few gimmicks before this. Before he got the Kane. Gimmick. Oh yeah, it was like Isaac Yank, and he'd had fake Diesel and all as well. So oh, he had. God. So you know he's he's done plenty of matches and plenty of in ring work, but this was the start of obviously the gimmick we. Um, grow to know him as uh, mainly and uh, if you're Chris Hill love yes indeed and uh, feel that you love him so much to wear masks so just just thought I'd put that out there <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this is the first time Undertaker faced Kane and uh, as Chris said it took three tombstone pile drivers to put him away do you think this has started the turning point for Undertaker in terms of having improving his in-ring work a bit no I think 17 is I think this is you a step way. You think it's that far I think ahead? it's a step way, but then if you look at the next match, the next match... Oh, I know, I know what the next match is, don't get me wrong. Yeah, the next match was one of the worst matches, but 17, for me, was probably because... The start of the Golden Undertaker era at WrestleMania. Yeah, well, that, that's whenever he he had contemplated retirement before mm-hmm. he fought. You know, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but before he fought that, he had contemplated retirement because he had niggling injuries. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you look at that... And then you know, like from seventeen, from seventeen, then you had ten years on, you know, well eleven yeah. years, but you know, from contemplating retirement, they getting another ten mm-hmm. years out of you. Like that's this. like Shawn Michaels and the one, one, one match, you know, come back from one match at at SummerSlam two thousand two, and it lasted nine years. Yeah, you know, so. What was it he said to his kids? Thanks for letting Daddy go play or something Thanks like that. Thanks for letting Daddy play wrestler. Yeah, Daddy play wrestler. <laughs> Um, so yeah, before we get to 17 though, it was WrestleMania 15, Undertaker versus the Big Boss Man. Oy vey. The only thing I remember <laughs> from this match was that it was a Hell in a Cell and at the end Boss Man was in a noose and the sh- cell 
went up and, and the he was were involved and he well. was actually hanging like that with his neck down and yeah. the noose round his neck which is kind of scary not scary foreshadowing but in the sense of scary as in the sense that he does eventually as we know pass away not so far in the distant future like yeah but it's just a case of you know that that for me is Undertaker's worst Wrestlemania match is that I don't even remember much about that match but I just remember that mm. I think it's one of those ones that you know you kind of just get rid of it you know just kind of <laughs> take it out of your head and just you try not to acknowledge it again yeah exactly you try not to remember it right Wrestlemania X7 Undertaker versus Triple H no I didn't fight Triple H then what sure WWE never said that he Wrestlemania you know 27 and 28 were the only times that Undertaker fought Triple H Oh wait, is this is this the one that disappears from the books and everything like that? This is one that appears from all the promo videos leading up to WrestleMania twenty seven that these two. People I wonder. I wonder why. Oh wait, yes, it's because he's American badass. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's Mar- American bad beep. <laughs> as uh, Road Dog would say. Yeah, or just cut out that completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the match that nobody in the WWE ever acknowledges because this would break Undertaker's current character. Um, because this was, uh, you know, Mr. Biker Taker at this moment in time. Um, but as everybody knows, WrestleMania X7 is my favourite WrestleMania because it was my first WrestleMania. And luckily enough, it just so happens to be considered by very many people the best WrestleMania of all time. Um, and you could understand almost for this pay per view, this match going under the radar considering you had the likes of The Rock and Steve Austin going on. And even uh, Vince versus Shane was big billing yeah. in terms of X7. Yeah. Because these guys... Gimmick Battle Royal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Gimmick Battle Royal was great. You could actually understand people getting really excited for that. Yeah. And um, I wish they would do something I really like that wish again. they would. I really wish they I would. I would adore them to do something like that. Um, it's it's something that is fantastic. Just you know, having Bobby Heaton down and Gene Okerlund, and then mm-hmm. everybody coming down to the ring Re-bo-man. and <laughs> and Iron and Iron Sheik winning that. <laughs> you know, uh, I ran number one. Um, if you he want, likes it, Hulk Hogan, doesn't he? He loves Hulk Hogan, <laughs> so he does. If you want to laugh, everybody. Uh, if you don't already, I'd be surprised if you don't uh, go and follow the Iron Sheik on Twitter. Let's just say during the likes of Monday Night Raw, you'll get some interesting opinions from him. Um, <laughs> All of which have the same kind of uh, four feel. letters after it. Yeah, beginning with the letter F. <laughs> <laughs> the Iron Sheik is sponsored by the letter F. <laughs> and the letter H for humble. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I thought this was a cracking match. This, If you compare this, it's, it's a completely different style of match to their later matches, but... All of their matches have been really, really physical bouts, though. Yeah. Because this one, it ends up going out into the crowd, and we get the uh, very memorable shot of uh, Triple H getting choke slammed over, like, what was it, like the audio area or something yeah. like that? Yeah, and then whenever Undertaker's going for the last ride, and then he lifts Triple H up, and Triple H has the sledgehammer, and then doesn't the bit of wood go through the sledgehammer and it yeah, gets it's like it's the like the sledgehammer has a malfunction <laughs> yeah I think it's soft in the middle but it's like all at the end you know mm-hmm. because you know that and then uh, Undertaker just starts bleeding everywhere yeah. like a stuffed pig oh my god <laughs> I got out of the family 
Um, but yeah, this is probably one of my, this is probably one of my favorite Triple H matches. Yeah, you know, for me, Triple H is one of these people who, like the Undertaker, has been a lot of WrestleManias, but has had apart from the last two WrestleManias and this, mm-hmm. apart from the Undertaker, let's just say, has had very very few memorable uh, memorable moments. Yeah, because he's had what was it? It was like Triple Threat with Cena and Orton. Mm-hmm. Himself, just with Orton as well. Himself with Cena. Himself with Cena. So you know, they're not matches that you're going to go. They are really memorable. Whereas yeah. him and Taker, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I find it. I it's really weird looking back at this and thinking, right, okay, yeah, this was my first WrestleMania. I really, really enjoyed it. And then looking at the point Undertaker is in his streak, mm-hmm. and that this only put him nine and zero yeah. in the terms of things. I think it's I think it's the next one where he wins. You know, you see him stand outside and he just lifts all the fingers yes, up. Yes, yes, you're right. And goes 10. <clears throat> yeah. Double A, Spinebuster. Oh my God, it's over. The one thing I want to think about, do you think there's a point where WWE got to, you know, in this grand scheme of these matches and went, right, okay, we are properly turning this into a streak now. Do you think it was around here? No. I think it was whenever it was got, maybe you with got the Orton. double digits or so. I think it was whenever you got the Orton, mm-hmm. and then it kind of meant something because I don't think with any of these packages, well, until like the next one, whenever he acknowledged that he was ten and zero. Mm-hmm. But you know, whereas now whenever he wins, you know, like there's big fireworks that go off and it's like twenty one and zero, yeah, or you know, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas it, even whenever he was. And if we're to come as teaming with Nathan Jones against um, Tensai, sorry, Lord Tensai, sorry, um, Albert, sorry, Adrian, and Sweet Big, and Big Show, and whenever he was teaming against them, you know, like there wasn't anything there. Mm. So it's only whenever you get to the WrestleMania twenty three ish, twenty four, um, you know, like that. And it I kind of start making the fanfare about it, but it's it's definitely. A, the next one versus Flair that it, like you say he did the whole 10 thing with his yeah. hands it's the first time he's kind of he kind of properly acknowledged it on yeah. screen um, what, did, what did he think of the Ric Flair match I thought it was a reasonably decent match this is one that in Flair's DVD um, he says that Triple H says oh uh, Taker wants to have a match with you at WrestleMania mm-hmm. now this is where for Triple H has said that Ric Flair seems to be the only person to know to not know that he's Ric Flair mm-hmm. and that his confidence was down and you know like I think because that, that, that is one thing sort of from this sort of time period with Flair that I found that is that his confidence maybe was a bit down maybe that was partly to do with I think it was the history whole, he had with WCW I think it was whole Bischoff that stuff. the way he was basically just made to look absolute like an idiot by losing to everybody, to Hogan, to Savage, all them sort of guys. Yeah. Um, because it's again, you see it with this match, but also um, in his Hall of Fame speech, he mentions about being told, right, you're going to do a ladder match with Edge. Yeah. And he, you know, you see in his speech how appreciative he was to Edge for getting him through that match. Mm-hmm. He's he can be really, really humble when it comes to these. But things. this, he said, like about this was that whenever he went to Undertaker went to whip him through the rope. And he was meant to go for the turnbuckle and go to the outside, but he didn't make it. And then he went to do it again. And Undertaker says, "Can you make it this time, kid?" Mm-hmm. You know, like. And then you know, I think Triple or Flair says that was a good match. I think the fact that that had Double A involved as well uh, meant quite a with lot. AA, yeah. Know, but um, I think that was you know for both men that was a big 
um, point in their careers. You know, yeah, Flair's yeah. coming to Twilight and Undertaker, you know, like is still quite getting involved with his career. But, you know, I think the last two matches have kind of, you know, said, you know, he was contemplating retirement, then these are kind of the matches to say don't retire. But Yeah. Like, you know, but yeah, and you get the next one, you're just like, <laughs> should you call it a day? Yeah. But then it's it just depends <coughs> on his opponents. And, you know, like 18 was such a good card, and that. Uh, again, like you say, with seventeen, eighteen get lost. Th- that has got lost because of Rock and Hogan, Definitely. you know, and Triple H and Chris Jericho, you know, like so that kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that is one of Undertaker and of Ric Flair's um, underrated matches. Aye, plus it had a, it did actually have a good story behind it because that was the whole. I I remember the build up to this when watching it all. And it, you know, Undertaker going after his son. And that was all. whenever he said no, he didn't want to fight him at WrestleMania. And then Undertaker said, "Right, okay, well, I'll have to do, see what I can do." And then that's whenever he yeah. beats up Arn Anderson, as you say. You know, like I think it was whenever I think it was down where they used to do the first Tough Enough. Aye. and was he's it, in the locker room. It was, and da- it was David, wasn't it? Yeah, David Flair. And you see him with that, and then that's he, whenever he Flair goes Undertaker, and he starts hitting his head, yeah. and it has the Lavers the Stones music in the background. <laughs> And um, then he threatens to beat up his daughter as well, if memory serves me, I think. But he was basically pulling everything out of the book. To yeah, get pretty Flair much. Yeah. To uh, take the match. And eventually he does. <sighs> you could, there's This happens a couple of times with Undertaker, is that it really does. The, it goes from being a really good opponent to a really bad opponent. Or opponents. Yes, or case. opponents in this case. And that's WrestleMania 19. The Undertaker, who was a meant to team up, that with. was the FBI took him out in the in the, in the showers, not not that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. Uh, Undertaker was meant to team up with what was it? It's the Colossus of Boggle Road, Boggle Road or something. Yeah, Nathan Jones, who would then eventually go on to get blown up by Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Condemned. Congratulations, Nathan. And he was in the world or. Troy, sorry. Was he in Troy? I never watched Troy. No, I just remember Ernie's <laughs> in it. But yes, Undertaker then would face off against The Big Show and Adrian, or as we know him, Sweet Tea at the moment. Um, <clears throat> and this is wherever. Um, the most memorable thing about this match is Limp Biscuit performing the theme for me. I was going to say, WWE's um, favourite band. band in the whole world. According to Tony Chimble, I hate you. <laughs> uh, and then him just come down to the ring. Um, but another forgetful match because of his opponents and then Nathan Jones Brian Hebner I think refs and then Nathan Jones comes in does a roundhouse and um, Brian Hebner kind of puts his hands up as if to say she disqualify is no, it WTF no because you're about to you, were, ten, you were meant to be it right. and then Undertaker does like the tombstone because I think Undertaker goes to get A-Train up and he can't get up and you see Undertaker saying help me and what is what is it with with Albert <laughs> I don't know uh, sorry I was pausing there for a second because I didn't know what to call him <laughs> I was like um Albert Harry back at Mary yeah Harry Baldy guy um he, this has happened it's happened since he's come back and yeah. we've seen footage of it in Japan as well from his time he seems to have a hard time helping people that need to lift him in moves specifically the several more recent one. times have been with Ryback and uh, Brodus Clay, like yeah. you said. That was, when, was that him that he, he fell on his face? It was, was, it was Brodus went to do the, you know, Shiwa T-Bone uh-huh. suplex. Literally, you see Brodus, he lifts him, and then 
Tensei just pancakes on top of him and it's just like what and then that's when footage came out of him in Japan botching the exact same manoeuvre so he has a history of botching that move Um, it just the way there's guys that seem to be able to help like again for example on this last week's Raw Big Show clearly helping the shield get keep him in the air for that triple powerbomb you just see him go and the spit's going everywhere out of his mouth like he's trying to hold himself up to give them a chance but for some reason Albert just does not seem to have this I don't know what just been able to help people with certain moves I don't know what it is but uh, I don't know why we're talking about this match so much because it isn't centre of gravity or something yeah or cement you know cement block feet or something cement cement blocks Mm -hmm. Paul Bearer comes back to WrestleMania 20 (laughs) Didn't even mean to do that. Uh, so yes, WrestleMania twenty. This is the first oh, time. Yes. This is the first time we get a uh, rematch mm-hmm. for the, the Undertaker. Many for the Undertaker. I know. Sadly, this was the start of it. So you can. This is the thing. You can really accept it with the fact that right, it's Kane. It's his brother. So you've got sibling rivalry in that aspect. So not a big deal. But from this point on, it kind of just becomes. This meant something. But they were six years apart, so mm. they were, you know, from yeah. 14 to 20. Whereas, obviously, with the other two, it's just like each year. And don't get me wrong, the Shawn Michaels ones and the Triple H match ones are brilliant. Mm-hmm. But it's just the case of, you know, like, I really hope that if Undertaker performs at WrestleMania 30, we don't get Undertaker versus CM Punk again. No. You know? I, don't, I don't think there would be a point to that. If it's going to end, end it with Undertaker and Kane as the final... Mm. match make it the first one that there's three sorry not three technically because that's Triple H but uh, you know just end it with uh, Undertaker and Kane who I guess Sweet Tea oh no 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 him against Fandango go 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 I'm sorry I actually was laughing my backside off on Smackdown him trying okay, to get Dangaro. <laughs> it's just like what? you know he's going to be the only person who gets it right Chris Jericho probably <laughs> That'd be, that's good that's a good shout well I don't really want to tell you that <laughs> but uh, it's gotta be Kane the thing that you always remember from this match firstly is the entrance yes and specifically the fire <laughs> yeah the wee guy panicking because Everyone's down there with all the druids are standing there with their um, like their fire, and then one like guy tor- there be lamp torch. One things. guy is just like panicking and keeps looking over to the right, and then whenever you see them coming out, you see some guy with a fire extinguisher yeah. kind of putting out the fire on the floor. But I think that's why they kind of had to nix that because of you know the fire and stuff, um, because of the fire and things like that, and um, the case of. Whether um, it I was, I think what they'd done is they'd like dipped the torches in like lighter fluid or something like yeah. that, and it just kept dripping off the torches, and you just see it hitting the ground and staying light, and they're wearing those big long robes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a case of with with the likes of that's Alan Blown's nose by the way. Uh, with the likes of um, him coming back, I remember a guy I worked with saying that he looked more like. Um, a cowboy than The Undertaker and it's just like he really does not no um, I, I like this look for Undertaker yeah so did I I thought he was very 
it was probably one of my favourite entrances and you know like saying you're no son of mine and then looking around yeah. and then you just hear the music and if, then it just switches to me it's the quintessential Undertaker entrance for me his worst entrance was whenever they used the last the uh, Johnny Cash song <laughs> well yeah you weren't a big fan of that no. it's just but that's if you if that had happened right let's put it in our perspective uh-huh. right how annoyed I, was I know where you were going how annoyed would you be if we were at Wrestlemania 29 let's put it like this how urinated would you be and we hear a gong <laughs> and then we go to giggle yeah and we go oh no man and it's just like what <laughs> no I want to hear like, the I want to hear the or, you want to hear the march I want to hear the music yeah the Undertaker music that is like you know Shawn Michaels coming out to something completely different from Sexy Boy yeah because well the thing is again again kind of slightly jumping forward in terms of matches at least when Shawn Michaels faced Undertaker and he did the sort of descent from heaven thing yeah yes he had music for that but then once he hit the ground yeah Sexy Boy kicked in yeah. so yeah you got to hear that but Yes, get your point. But for me, this definitely is the quintessential Undertaker entrance. This will always be the one to me that sums up Undertaker. The fact that you have the druids with the torches. It's Paul Bearer is there. You're not real. I buried you. Yeah, and it's Paul Bearer is there. Undertaker is there with the big leather trench coat on. You know, the lights get raised. He goes in the ring. Yeah, and... uh, like you were saying with Kane, Kane sells this brilliantly. Yeah, he really, he really starts this match so well, and he's like stretching out his arm, and it's just the second the tips of his fingers touch the Undertaker's chest, Undertaker just lights on him and just yeah. starts pelting him. So boom, left and uh, left and right with the punches, and the crowd goes nuts. <laughs> this definitely is up there. I think it was the fact of not only was it a, a good match but it was the sense that right the proper Undertaker that everybody knew has yeah. returned yeah now Deadman Undertaker and uh, American Badass Undertaker American Badass Taker will always have kind of a place in my heart because that's what he was when I got into wrestling but I don't think anything can kind of really beat the Deadman persona no obviously he doesn't speak as much when he's the dead man. But that kind of adds to the mistake. Yeah. Where would you say this one would rate in terms of his overall matches? Kane? Yeah. <sighs> Technically, I know it would not be anywhere close to the likes of a Shawn Michaels match, but in terms of the all-round package, I think... This would probably... If you were to say that the Triple H match is, and the Shawn Michaels match is... Mm-hmm. Count as one. Yeah, I know what you mean. Then, exactly. I would count them as one myself. Right. So hold on a minute. So I'd say, I would say this would probably be my fifth favorite. Right. So would. Okay. Are we going to do like because uh, if we, we can't are, we can't pick our favorite? Okay. Yes, right. Can, yeah. Okay. Just so I can write these down on my obviously <laughs> get a pattern paper. <laughs> we can take turns while we're still talking, as uh, Chris goes and gets his piece of paper just to have a wee think about it. But yeah, no, definitely this this was a great match. Uh, you know, Undertaker's return and facing off against his brother as well, and having Paul Bearer there. But um, the following year, uh, WrestleMania twenty one wasn't this big time WrestleMania. Big time. No, it's twenty two. Is, is, is this WrestleMania in Hollywood? Yes. Yeah. WrestleMania in Hollywood. Yes. Woo, a, a, new big t- a new big time. Mel Gibson's got nothing on you. <coughs> I suppose WrestleMania 22 going big time kind of makes sense with his opponent. 
<laughs> oh god <laughs> this is where we sort of get good opponent not so good opponent really but um, WrestleMania 21 Undertaker versus the up and comer uh, in the legend killer Randy Orton Ta. now Orton's basically on a tour de force now mm-hmm. so he is in the grand scheme of things, so well, considering he was still the legend killer. Considering the week, the year before, the week mm-hmm. before, the year before him, Flair and Batista beat the Rock and Foley, mm-hmm. the Rock and Sock. So, yeah. and then this one, you know, I remember, I remember this um, because I remember I was watching this with a friend, um, and she was a big Orton and Taker fan, and I went, you know, these two are going to fight, and she went, oh, I don't think they will, and I remember seeing. Him, I think it was on SmackDown, and he had like a magazine in his hand, and I had Taker on the cover, and I went, "There's your proof there mm-hmm. that these two are going to fight." And then, like Bob Orton Senior, Bob Orton Junior, sorry, um, played a big part, you know, like in these because he's going like um, he's banging the Undertaker, he's going, "Undertaker, please don't take my son," and all this here, and go like you know, Undertaker kind of cuts to the throat and then you just see Orton come in and RKO him mm-hmm. you know and Bob Orton's just kind of standing there smiling yeah. um, but this for me is um, a really this this was one that I legitimately thought that the streak was going to end was with this one mm-hmm. because of the I think this was one that you had this is where the the near the, the amount of near falls mm-hmm. started with The Undertaker um, yeah, you know, obviously it had been here and there before, but I think this was whenever you kind of looked at, and then you kind of just went, "Whoa, this is this is fantastic." Um, but for me, this is probably um, one of this is probably Orton's best WrestleMania. Um, yeah, because uh, Orton's another one that a bit like Triple H hasn't had that overly awesome match. Yeah. Because he seems to always end up getting dumped into a sort of mid-card early match at Mania. Because, like, what was it, last year was him versus Keegan. Yeah. You know, you're not going to overly, you're not gonna overly then remember this, year, this. Look at this year. You know, like him uh, part of a uh, He's in the sixth match. man, yeah. yeah. That's not going to be a memorable match for him. You no. know, that's going to be a match that... Ryback's probably going to be the one that will go in and clear house for a while. And I don't stuff. think Ryback's going to be in it. You think I'll right back on a turn? Oh, well, I'll talk about that later. Okay. I've got my thoughts on it. Oh, you've got, a, you've got a theory, I've have got you? I've got a theory. It could be rabbits. It could be bunnies. Well, you're going to save it for our WrestleMania card yep. prediction. Yep. Um, but, uh, no, this was a good match. This is still, like we say, it's Orton's on the rise. This is the sort of, you would say, cocky Randy Orton stage of his life. Chubby Orton. And Chubby Orton, yes, also. <laughs> um, Although somebody... I think it was the Sultan Battery. I was watching one of his uh, videos and he mentioned Chubby somebody or other. It wasn't Orton. It was mm-hmm. somebody else. And he went like, oh, there's Chubby such and such. And he's like, good to see that we're not the yeah. only people who uses this to- turn of phrase. Yeah. But uh, Cowboy Bob was involved as well mm-hmm. with the cast. That couldn't put Undertaker down. This led to... Um, I remember... I remember the story. I remember the internet and uh, the whole backstage stuff that went on with remember when uh, is this whenever Bob Orton bled yeah yes I don't know where where you're going with it that um, Bob Orton hadn't told them the issue that he had health wise hepatitis the hepatitis and of course in this same match 
Undertaker bled as well. Mm-hmm. Not we're not talking about the WrestleMania match. We're talking about uh, it wasn't that the casket match or I something. Funny feeling was Hell in the Cell. Sorry, it was Hell in the Cell, and they had the casket up by the ramp or something and set it on fire, didn't they? Something like that happened. I know this. Is, I've seen it in the videos. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head here. But anyway, in the in the match that uh, they had, Senior Blade and Taker Blade, and of course they were Clyde and Undertaker was beating them up. So Undertaker was not made aware of this fact. Yeah. And needless to say, Bob Orton Senior disappeared from television immediately. <laughs> um, don't blame Undertaker at all, really, for no. that. To be honest. Um, WrestleMania 22. Oh dear, dear, dear. Now, don't get me wrong, sort of... I'm a, I'm a fan of Henry. I don't think that this is as bad as people make it out to be. It's a, But I think it's at the terms, in the grand scheme of things, at this time in his career, Henry's not who he is now. No, he... That I know this was them still trying to have him as this sort of monstery heel sort yeah. of thing. But for me, it wasn't as effective as it has been this last couple of years oh no no No, I agree with you there I think it was a case of here it was a case of they were trying to get Mark Henry over as this heel I think maybe this possibly was the thing that kind of killed that Mm. sense of right they've built Mark Henry up here's this you know monster guy and then Godunk he gets beat by Undertaker in a casket match in a casket match uh, extra big casket match to fit you just get I think that's maybe part of what ruined as well you just saw the size of the casket and you're like yeah you're going in that <laughs> plus it was mighty impressive the Undertaker got him off for a tombstone yeah you know shows you that big guys can actually uh, help Undertaker I think that was a turning point in Henry's career you know there um, because again Henry Henry hadn't had a lot of Wrestlemania matches from what I can remember no Henry seems to be like somebody who's been with the company for that amount of time but has yet you know it's only in his again in his twilight of his career you know like the last few years that he seems to be and it looks like he's possibly been ruined out of having a match at this year's one as well well which could be part of one of your theories so we'll leave that for a bit then shall we more on that more on that later (laughs) more on that in another episode Um, but uh, yeah you know Mark Henry gets beat put in the casket this if this was one that you were at that WrestleMania Live, you would have said, right, this kind of, you know, 2 plus 2 equals 4, Undertaker's going to win this, no problem. This doesn't mm-hmm. give you the feel of the likes of a future match versus even a Batista and Edge and then eventually Shawn Michaels. That mm, possibly they could pull this off. Yeah. Mark Henry was like, no chance. Yeah. No chance at all. Now, the next match, I think, is a really nice, pleasant surprise in the grand scheme of it all which was Undertaker versus Batista ah because they build it ah was it that one it was that and the year after mm-hmm. they'd build it streak versus career mm. but then yeah because right, this one was streak versus title yeah because Batista was world oh no streak versus career streak versus title that's what I meant to say they're both they were both for the title but yeah. the following one with Edge was also Edge's streak yeah so it was there's, this was two back to back years of kind of proper things up for grabs for both guys mm. but this was a really really good match um, because you see Batista and you're like right he's a powerhouse he's not going to go overly technical but for some odd reason they just clicked and I think it was possibly down to the fact that um, they didn't get to go on last yeah 
I will have said that in WrestleMania 21, you know, Triple H and Batista was a match that I, you know, I, I think the build-up for it was right, you know. Oh, like, the build-up for that match was fantastic. Yeah, but this one here, I didn't expect to be... I think after seeing Henry, and then, you know, the year prior, and then seeing this, it was kind of like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then Batista seemed to... Batista had a bit more charisma about him. I didn't like Batista as a heel. Like Batista versus no. Cena, I thought was I thought the build up for that. I thought the match itself was god awful. But I think this and twenty one were probably Batista's finest moments yeah. in in his career. You know, and certainly at WrestleMania. But no, I definitely agree with you. Batista's far better as a face uh, than a heel. For some reason, they're just. He worked as a heel when he was part of Evolution. Yeah. Because he didn't really talk a great deal, but yeah. he suits when he talks to be definitely the face. Because in this one here, I was just like, I will not be intimidated by The Undertaker. That's all I can remember. <laughs> you know, like in the build-up for this, was just him. I mean, he seemed very wooden, almost, mm. you know, to me. Um, He's the sort of guy that, if he'd been around back, say, in the 80s, he would have had a manager, no doubt. Oh, totally, totally. I think that's why, as Evolution, you know, Flair took... Yeah, ring an, an awful lot. Well, him and Flair were tag champs together, and yeah, being Batista said that was one of the biggest experiences of his life. Yeah, tagging with Ric Flair, but um, no, this was the match that notoriously they both went backstage and basically just went follow that mm. because they just went out and gave it their all. But uh, next year after that, we have WrestleMania twenty four, as has been mentioned, streak versus streak, streak versus title. Edge versus The Undertaker, which was, I think, uh, Mike Kyoto's last WrestleMania in WWE. Um, Mike Kyoto? Not Mike Kyoto, sorry, uh, Jimmy Cordera. See, you, you mentioned Kyoto earlier, so that's what had it in my head. Uh, Snickle, I think he's had another guy. No, 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 it's, it's Jimmy Cordera, sorry, you had Kyoto in my head from earlier. But um, this um, was another cracker, like. Yes. Like Ed says, whenever he comes down the ring, you see him shaking his hands because he's got no feeling in his hands, mm-hmm. and that's why you kind of see him like he's on the ropes, and you, mm-hmm. you see him put his hands in the air and then put them down, and he's kind of still because he because he's been a wrestling fan since like you know since no age, and you know this has been his dream, and now he's the tit- he's the title holder, he's going against you know one of their big big players, and he's coming into this match. Plus the fact that don't forget that. Was it before this? Was the Flair Michaels match? Yes, it was. So they would Flair. have had that. Because this was because this was the main event. Yeah. Yeah. So they would have had that in the hall, which would have been just ginormously tough to do. Yeah. You know. But they did really, really well. Yeah, I think this was a match that Edge was one. Edge is, is one for me who each WrestleMania. Near enough, each match at WrestleMania, there's a big standout moment for from Edge, mm. you know. And I think this match with Undertaker is again one of his finest. Yeah, um, you know, like certainly one. No, of you're definitely you're definitely right with Edge because sure, the TLCs, the flame like say, table, yeah, flame, the flame and table with Foley, um, Jeff jumping off the top of the top of the ladder and putting him through that ladder and him having to be carted out of the, he was the match. Then. And then this as well. He has had tons of WrestleMania moments, but this one's going to be remembered because this is the first match that he won using Hell's Gate. Yeah, and nobody knew what it was at the time mm. because it's kind of it's out there commonly known that Undertaker's a big UFC fan, so he wanted to bring in more MMA stuff. So That's he, why he wears the gloves and stuff. Yeah, 
and I think it allows him to um, throw his punches more convincingly as well. Oh, the bones. Because cushions in the in the gloves, so he, oh, right. he can throw them a bit stiffer towards people, oh, and they won't get punched in the back as hard as like a Brock Lesnar would. <laughs> American guys went what? what in the face, the face. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you, fellas. <laughs> I forgot to say that to you. Tap it a morning, go have a Guinness. <laughs> Whatever. But, um, yeah, so Edge's streak uh, got stopped at uh, this WrestleMania. The man closest to The Undertaker in the grand scheme of things. Um, but, was it, and I remember, didn't Undertaker like, have to give the belt up like a month later or something? Because it, Vicky said the submission was too dangerous. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Yeah, he then's gone on. He then went on to use it in the future so many times. Right, this is the start of back to back and back to back. Yeah. Um. So back to back. To we'll back just kind of we'll just kind of combine both these back to back matches into kind of one entity. Okay. So you've got WrestleMania twenty five and twenty six Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels seventeen and zero and eighteen and zero. Right, uh, I know we're going to have our lists in a bit, so this is a hard one for me in terms of... WrestleMania 25, um, that's the only match was a saving grace of that pay-per-view. Yes. If I was at that WrestleMania, I would have been cheesed off, Mm. because that was a real... That was probably... That, for me, is like the WrestleMania 9, WrestleMania 13, Mm -hmm. WrestleMania 12, sorry. That was one of the per per mm. WrestleManias, you know, because you had like Vince versus Brett and stuff, and you know, it was just things didn't seem to go right. And this was the same. This is the only reason that I would put that Blu-ray in my player is yeah. for that match. Yeah, because we it. watched it. That thing is. This is the first WrestleMania you and me watched live together. God, was it? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I can't remember. God. S- scary biscuits. Indeed. Um, have we really known each other that long? I feel awful now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel awful that we stayed up so late to watch that one. I know because that was the one where I did the whole uh, and raised the lights. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's when we were in. Yeah, I s- I was so sad. Everybody that uh, the house we were watching it at, uh, the f- the other friend, um, their room lights had a turn knob thing, so you could gradually turn the lights up. So I did Undertaker entrance. So yeah, <laughs> I was that sad. Um, this has received many five star ratings, and it was fairly deserving of them the light but, against um, the dark uh, but notoriously remembered for a certain member of the Snooker family messing up <coughs> god this is the one thing that when you just watch this match we honestly thought oh god he has broke his neck it's the fact because he stayed down for so long and you see Michael's having to buy time it's the fact whenever you see it on highlight videos it's just that if you see him against Batista you know like he's at like a 45 degree angle whereas whenever you see and it Batista against Batista catches him whenever you see like, him against Sim Snooker it's a case of like he's at a 2 degree angle and it's yeah. a case of you know he's pretty vertical nearly it's like if you've seen Captain Planet um, against uh, <laughs> Sabu whenever in ECW the Rise and Fall ECW and they say that he broke his neck it's kind of like he lands like that yeah. is the best way to describe it and he just hits the dirt yeah and you just see Michael's having to buy time and I wouldn't have wanted to be backstage or be some snook after that because can you imagine what was going on behind the curtain at the gorilla position when that happened 
they must have been literally Vince must have been out of his mind thinking oh god his neck's broken how are we going to salvage the streak because we all remember Austin and the pile driver from Owen and yeah. being able to do that roll up how mm. Austin still did the roll up goodness only knows but they were able to get Austin out of that match yeah if Taker broke his neck, you weren't going to get him out of that match mm. without him technically losing that match because he was out on the outside of the ring, susceptible to a count out. There's, you know, if he had a broken neck, he wasn't going to be able to get back in that ring to do a roll up or something silly like that. Yeah. It was going to end up having to be a show on victory. So they're just extremely lucky that the only somehow, other thing, the only other thing would have been that if. If Sean, Sean had, had got a chair out, or something, if Sean had come out and started beating on the Undertaker, and then he forgot about the time or whatever, you know, like, and then they both got counted out. Yeah, or they could have just used a chair, but that would have been that would have been a bit of a a cop out. Yeah, but. It would have been. Um, anyway, the following year's one, uh, which was the Undertaker streak versus Sean Michaels' career, and uh, this is, as we all know, the last match for Sean. A time of recording. <laughs> well, I think Sean's going to be one of those guys that will not ruin that, uh, like Rick did. Mm, I think he's not that he's more of an honourable man, but I think he's more. He wants it to have more meaning. I think it's because he stayed there this whole career. Yes. You know, like it's he um, never jumped ship. WWE means more to him than I think it did to Flair. Yeah, definitely. Plus, you know, who would really want to in their right mind? Say that they ruined that their last match was with the Undertaker at a WrestleMania, you know. And to be honest, Shawn Michaels Sean versus Kurt Angle rematch. <laughs> um, but this just was a fantastic match in the sense of uh, winding up Sean's career, really, because at the end, obviously, Sean got his moment. Yeah, to wave goodbye, and I think that's what's going to be with Triple H this year. You think I, with Brock, yeah? Yeah, I think it's going to be a career... I think it's going to be a career-ending match, but... <laughs> dear Lord. I think it's going to be like a last-man-standing or a no-holds-barred match. Aye, um, well, there's been the rumours of MMA, there's been the rumour of Hell, set, hell in a Cell. I think it's going to be something... It's going to be something that will allow just full-blown physicality. Yeah. Um, but I think this... Because whenever you look at SummerSlam, and whenever, you know... Um, Triple H had his arm broken he kind of wanted to stand in the middle of the ring and have his moment but everyone was kind of you know cheering for Brock yeah. and then the next night in Raw was whenever he kind of got it so I think this is whenever he'll have his last hurrah Yeah, um, I think anyway yeah he, he needs a, that sort of last hurrah and uh, he is pretty much getting ready to take over the company so yeah. um, the end needs to come about and to be quite honest Brock's lost too many matches already for the you know the amount of times he's been in the ring mm. You know, he lost to Cena. He beat Triple H. That's your sort of yeah. grand scheme of things. You know, he's, God, from like he's, a year, at, he's at fifty percent. A know? year ago, he had two, he's had two matches. Mm. There's me thinking the Rock was bad. You know, he's at fifty percent here now. Yes, Brock. We've seen him come out and just demolish people. But um, anyway, we're getting a wee bit off track again. Um, right, start of the Triple H saga part two. Um, so the second Triple H match and the third Triple H match or in WWE's mind the first time they've ever faced each other 
so WrestleMania 27 and 28. I don't know about you, but for me, their first match of this sort of second bracket didn't overly do it for me. Totally there with you, dude. It just, there was something missing. I, um, I think it was the end of it. I think it was the end whenever he was on like that stretcher thing. Again, making us think, seriously, is he, is he effed up right now? Is he, yeah. is he done? Yeah. And uh, you wonder, was he at that point that they were like, right. Or was Undertaker going, right, we'll do this to leave, you know, leave me a gap if I need to go? Yeah. But, uh, Luckily, that isn't the case because this would have been a pretty much a bummer match to, uh, especially from go out like um, from what it was last the year prior. But yeah, there's just something I would always watch twenty eight before I watch twenty seven. I haven't watched twenty seven for quite some time. I don't think I've watched twenty seven since I initially got the Blu-ray, yeah. something like that. But um, yeah, we keep getting. Uh, <laughs> messages from Haley and Chris Hill sorry guys we'll text you in a bit you're not getting them through to yours no I am but uh, we'll text you back in a bit guys because we're recording what Haley's talking about Nikki Bella is she yeah it's because it says 2012 and then 2013 oh and right okay yeah, it yeah, says yeah. well those well those escalated quickly and then Haley says at least we can tell them apart now yeah which one? And Chris says, which one has the big fillets again? So apparently Nikki does. Ugh. <laughs> Chicken fillets. We'll text you back in a bit, guys. But no, definitely this first match just... It was physical and stuff like that, but it never, it never just got to that point uh, for me. I um, think again, 27 was a bit of a... a damp, it's a mixed bag. Damp squib, is Aye. it? Um... um of the um, WrestleMania, you know, like that was the return of the Rock, and then you had to see the Miz match, which wasn't all that it was really cracked up to be, yeah. um, you know, and that kind of thing. So, and at least WrestleMania twenty eight, the following year, kind of made up for it. Yeah, it did. Because um, this is uh, again, Triple H goes after Undertaker to get a match, and Undertaker's like, "No, you're all right. Forget about it." You know. Um, they just did the stare down and stuff like that, but I don't think they had to. I don't think Triple H had to do as much as like Shawn Michaels did. Like Michaels, obviously, oh in yeah, the elimination. Because then this, the build up for this then was you saw the promos on Raw of Undertaker cutting his hair. Yeah. Until Triple H wasn't it? It was until sorry, it was until Triple H said yes, wasn't it? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. First first year it was Triple H wanted to face Undertaker. Undertaker was like no. And then this one was... because this was whenever I Triple H was like, like I will, I'm going to finish you. Yeah, and he says, like, well, how could you do whatever your friend couldn't? Your friend's better than you. And Michael's is kind of smiling and kind of going, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I think he played a big part in it. You know, with oh, why, Michael's a re- definitely. A referee, I think. You could kind of see the emotion in it because, you know, like he had two great matches with this man and, you know, like he, he respected. And then he was in the ring with his best friend. And then that was... That's on the number one of the WWE top ten almost streak ending moments wherever he hits a super kick, Triple yeah. H hits a pedigree, and then you think that's it, it's over, and then I remember it did up. almost have me like yeah. I was just like Ugh! Yeah. Like seriously. Um and of course our good friends Chris Hill and Haley got to experience that one live. 
and apparently it was crazy. Um, but yeah, it's that mania for me. WrestleMania twenty eight was a very weird one, not in the sense of it being bad or anything like that. But I think WWE's choice of taglines for matches yeah. were poor. End of an era and once in a lifetime. Yes, exactly what I mean. He's Triple H fighting at this year's WrestleMania. Then? Brock Lesnar. All oh, right, so it is the end of an era because he's obviously not fighting, and the Undertaker's fighting CM Punk. Yeah. Oh, and they the both, they're both they're both in a match this year. And the Rock's so. fighting John Cena. Yeah. Right, but that was once in a lifetime. Yeah, it's twice right. in a lifetime. So it is. Maybe they got lifetime mixed up with a year. Could be once in a year once because a year. it was once in a yeah. year. But uh, once a year. <laughs> so yeah, it was an end of an era last year. Yet both Triple H and Undertaker are in matches at this year's WrestleMania. It's end of an era of those two fighting and uh, Shawn Michaels being a referee. Yeah. Yep. Or the end, or the end of a Hell in a Cell era. Something silly like that, but. <sighs> Awesome. Undertaker Undertaker and Triple H both fighting on this year's card coming up so again well thought out tagline by WWE um, and Cena versus Rock again so not Yay. once in a lifetime really excited you'll be excited when you're there <laughs> everyone going boo Cena me going yay Cena oh. goodness knows what entrance he's going to have god Goodness knows. That's what we tell us an ultimate dragon and a fall in his face. Dunk. Oh dear. But anyway, yes. This year's WrestleMania. Uh, CM Punk versus The Undertaker. We've kind of already mentioned the fact that this has kind of got some sort of in- impromptu push and elevation. Because it was only two weeks ago odd we found out that CM Punk would indeed be facing Undertaker and the fact that Undertaker was coming back um, for this year's WrestleMania. He's very good with the Titantron. Because he is, he can control Titantron. He goes like that and then WrestleMania comes up. He gets down in his knee. What does it say? I can't see. <laughs> he gets down in his knee and he goes like that and then a picture of Paul Bearer comes up saying William Moody 19 whatever to whatever. Um, so yeah he's very good at control so he can control the lights and he can control the titantron and he can make lightning he must be brilliant in the house and he can can burn himself he must be like in that episode of Friends where Phoebe's blinking on the TV Michelle McCollum just mustn't be able to watch anything because he just goes like that there he must do the barbecue he must do the barbecue must be Jared's barbecue sauce (laughs) he probably has 10 ton of that he probably does but I, I don't think I could have been happier for an opponent to face Undertaker this year no. than CM Punk. No. We all kind of knew and we were hoping it wouldn't have been the case that Rock would go over Punk at the Royal Rumble. We hoped that Punk would go into a match with Undertaker with the WWE title. Alas, not to be, but we're still getting CM Punk versus The Undertaker, which there's neither debate out there will it be as good as a Shawn Michaels match versus Undertaker maybe not as good but I would say pretty darn close if anybody could get near that match I would say Punk could mm. the only thing that would hold this match back to get to that level is now Undertaker's age yeah. and his his body being able to hold up because he wasn't that fast and coming down the ring to help Kane you exactly know, like, it was kind know, of a it was I mean Santino could power walk quicker than Undertaker could get to the yeah. ring <laughs> I remember someone posted on Twitter shame he wasn't still the badass where he could have used his motorbike 
No, to get time read that up, you know, like it would have taken forever. But um, no, I say this match will be really, really, really good. I think we'll be pleasantly surprised by it. Um, the question is, is the streak going to continue? Yes. I don't see it stopping now. You really, you've reached, you've reached twenty. You know, you've reached twenty and zero, potentially going to twenty-one and zero. The Undertaker's very, 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 very close to calling it a day. What would be the point in it now? You don't. It has been discussed over the last number of years by us, by others, that he could have dropped the streak to someone deserving to give them an elevation. Zack Ryder, WrestleMania Thirty. I don't think we have that person now. Because Sheamus has been elevated into the main event. The only thing you could do at WrestleMania Thirty is Undertaker versus John Cena. That's yeah. That's the only thing that. Would if if under if John Cena beats, if John Cena beats uh, Rock at WrestleMania and kind of done that, and then you know the way in WrestleMania nineteen, whenever the Rock says mm-hmm. like he's done it all, he's done that's what yeah. Cena could do. Is I've done everything. I've beaten Triple H. I've beaten Shawn Michaels. I've beaten you know this. This, this, and is, then this is the thing though. Have, there's two things you could mm-hmm. do. Is you could either do that or Hogan. Nope. Austin, Austin. <laughs> you have Austin. You were pointing in the direction. I was like, it's you one could of the have other. Austin come back, mm. you know, because obviously there's, everyone wants Austin Punk, but an Austin Cena match, I wouldn't say no to either. Yeah, because no, again, you know, you've got somebody who you know has to love the respect, and you know, like I, I'm, you know, like I've beat the Rock, and then Austin come back. Yeah, you beat the Rock. You know, the Rock was great back in the day, but you, you've never beat me. Mm. Kind of but yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> that's for the future. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I wouldn't see a point to drop in this, you know, the streak to anybody nowadays. Not even John Cena, because if they were to put him in a match with Undertaker, then Cena's going to have to work as the heel because it, you know if he goes to start sucking up the Undertaker, fans aren't going to like it. Yeah. Simple as. Um, but yep, definitely looking forward to this um, top five last time. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. You're number five, sir. Uh, Kian at WrestleMania 20. Edge. Okay. Number four was Randy Orton. Number four, Batista. Number three was Jake Roberts. Number three, Undertaker Kian at... You know, Undertaker Kian 2, yeah. Number two is Triple H. Number two is Triple H. Number one is Shawn Michaels. And number one is Shawn Michaels. (laughs) So we agreed on some there, so we did. So we weren't as disagreeing as usual. No. But, uh, yep, that's just... I was going to say a quick talk through, but alas, as always, we've went one hour ten minutes odd. <laughs> what? So we have talking absolute rubbish and <laughs> tangenting and such. But yes, that is uh, this episode of Wrestle Shock, episode seventeen, discussing the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania. If you would like to get in contact with, yes, the details. Um, you could follow us on twi- Twitter at. WrestleShock316 or I am at Vinto316 and Alan is at Alan GW Prices A-L-L-A-N um, if you are into wrestling and you've enjoyed this you can also um, subscribe to my YouTube channels at Ventomania and Alan's is again Alan GW Price A-L-L-A-N keep it all the same keep it yeah. simple um, and obviously we'll be doing videos to do with um, Wrestlemania um, what stuff we're taking with us you know raw reviews favourite Wrestlemania's I've just uploaded my fourth favourite Wrestlemania which was Wrestlemania 21 <gasps> I know 
and my fourth favourite um, Hall of Fame, which was WrestleMania 27's Hall of Fame, which was Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah so he was number one there. Um, but yeah, those are the methods of getting in touch. Um, you could also leave suggestions of what you would like on future episodes. And hopefully Mr. Mike Lacey, if you listen, hi Mike. Hi Mike. Um, will be on soon for us to do a discussion, whether it's like a discussion on after the rest of media or, or social media or something yeah. yeah something like that I'm sure we'll be able to swing something yeah but that's what it is so thanks for coming on board Alan yeah glad to be here thank you for having me okay so uh, <laughs> we shall now uh, let you be and uh, until we enter the ring the next time Paul Bear was the most unique manager we've ever had because he managed the most unique individual in the history of the business what Pringle down in Texas and had been a manager and a very successful one for many years so he knew the art of how to manage ravishing Rick Rude on his side is his manager Percy Pringle Paul Bear was a mortician by trade as a kid the white face dark hair it scared me before the Undertaker came out, and the Undertaker came out, and I was hiding underneath the covers. When the lights come on, the beat still remains. Strength inside, glory to gain. The shades of light merge into one as the broken skies clear from the sun. We're the same, you and I. deal to do with the success of The Undertaker. It was just perfect. And with the urn, the ashes, and he had that that high, shrivelly voice. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, yes! When the lights come his role he loves the undertaker it just worked for him paul bearer is the catalyst behind this fire that's a testament to how good paul bearer was whoever he was with is automatically legitimized he added a great deal to us i guess he was probably the most unique manager in the history of the business rest in peace